Welcome to Goodwill Talk. We're so glad you're here today. At Goodwill Talk, you'll get to know your pastors, hear answers to your questions, gain biblical perspective on things going on in the world, and most of all, grow in your love for Jesus and the Bible. Let's listen in to today's conversation. Well, what's up, Goodwill Church family? It's great to be with you today. My name is Marcus Ortega. I'm one of the pastors here at Goodwill Church. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jessica Kilduff. Jess, how are you doing? I'm great. Good. So our third, Pastor John Torres, is not here today because we're talking about something kind of specific that actually brings the guy who's been behind the curtain this whole time to the front of the curtain. Our producer. Our producer. Who Who is our producer? Jeff DeMatt. Jeff. Or Jeff DeMatty, depending on who Jeff you are. Jeff DeMatt. Wow, Did you, you said, just say Jeff who DeMatt? Calls you? I said my name wrong. No, some I call you Jeff DeMatty, but somebody calls you Jeff DeMatt. Uh, I'm not sure. That's, I don't understand, that, though. That's a common... Um, I don't remember, but anyway. That's a common mistake. But I we were introducing him, and you called him the wrong name when we introduced him. Quite honestly, because I thought I called him Jeff DeMatty, and I thought I was calling him the wrong thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> Which well. I was just okay with, but I didn't want to introduce him incorrectly. Well, you did. Now y'all know. Great start, guys. Now y'all know. No, oh, man. DeMatt is wrong. I was yes. right. It is DeMatty. Jeff DeMatty. Yep. Yes. And um, we apologize to the one person who does call you Jeff DeMatt and has just found out right now they've well, been calling your name none of us can remember who it is so that's true <laughs> um so we are here with Jeff DeMatty now Jeff you are not just the producer of awesome podcasts you do other things as well Correct. so what else do you do here at Goodwill Church uh well mainly I um direct the worship arts program so my title is worship um I'm sorry director of worship arts okay so you know in church life there's, you can fit a lot under that umbrella. You That's can. a big umbrella. <laughs> it is so a we big can umbrella. like toss things well, under you know, there. Everything the church does yeah. is, is worship. Yep. Yeah. Right. You know. Well, like, here's the thing. I mean, he says, you know, you can toss it because we do. We toss <laughs> everything. We're like, hey, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> this should fall under you. Yeah. Carpets worship. <laughs> yeah. Listen, no. you got to have the carpets clean if you're going to have a nice, safe, and comfortable Absolutely. place for people to worship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, mainly I, um, I direct um, the team here in Montgomery. Um, that's that's pretty much my main responsibility, as well as overseeing the branches, you know, worship in the branches. We have um, what we call worship coordinators in each branch. So uh, they do pretty much what I do here in Montgomery with the worship team as far as um, team building, um, song selection, uh, team scheduling. So I've got people in the branches to help facilitate that because I can't quite do that as well as the other stuff I'm doing. And it also helps to have multiple um, people involved in, in the ministry as far as you know, decision-making songs, bringing different songs in. And so it really helps to create like a nice eclectic mix of personalities, leaders, um, gives people a chance to develop, you know, instead of being with me all the time, you know. They, yeah. You know, so, but besides the music, I do other things as far as um, s- some of our stuff online, some of our video production, um, website stuff, you know, okay. just, just to help out here or there. So really, I mean, you're, you're part of your oversight is the worship life of the congregation. Yep. And, and so when you are, when we're using the word worship, um, what do you have in that? Is that just the music? Are you overseeing the full of the worship service? Like, what do you, what really do you oversee? Well, over the years, I've, I've, um, kind of 
I've been working with Pastor John for a long time. Mm -hmm. So over the years, we've developed a relationship to where he trusts my input on things as far as service flow. Um, as I've stepped into more of like a producing role and, and being able to step, you know, a couple steps back and seeing the service as a whole, not just my part or, you know, just the music part, you know. So over the years, he's, he's definitely um, let me grow in that area. You know, so I, you know, I'm, I'm no expert, but I can give, you know, some, some, some good insight, I think. That's cool. All right. Very good. So we don't just have one worship leader with us, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'm not a leader. Oh, there is a second worship leader here who would say she's I'm not a leader. I'm just a participant. Uh-huh. Except for the amount of times that she's led worship in Port Jervis or in Montgomery. And that is Jess Kilduff. Oh. You're also one of the worship leaders, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing it a while. The director of worship arts just called you one of the worship leaders. Yeah. So. <laughs> I guess yeah, I have so that we're... title. Well, I guess it is kind of normal in in Goodwill to find out your title yeah. when somebody else. From somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is we were joking around before because, you know, a lot of times when we have somebody in like a guest and we'll say, OK, we're going to talk about this like addiction. When we had Jose, it's like, what are we going to ask him? You know, Jess will come with a list of questions. Marcos will have some questions or something. And I was joking. Around, I was like. What are you going to ask me? We've worked together for so long. You know, I have no questions. <laughs> I don't she, knows even know. It, she knows how it goes. Yeah. I don't even know what to ask. Are you really so. stumped? You don't know. What to, you've been working with the guy for this long, but there's no questions left? Sure. Nope. Well, so. Nope. <laughs> Full confidence. <laughs> okay. So we'll start from the beginning. How did you get here? Uh, here? Like, not to this room. How did you get to being in this position at Goodwill Church? And how long have you been here? Um. I, I was trying to figure this out before we we started recording, and I couldn't quite figure it out. But it's been a long time. I've been here um, attending first um, since I was probably like fifteen or thirteen or something. And you're like seventeen now. Yeah. So that's <laughs> I'm thirty. A I'm years. thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jeff is exactly ten years, yeah. like almost to the week, ten years younger than me. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's All easy right. to remember. Mm -hmm. So right. I've been here for a long time, and before I was full-time on staff, I was part-time on staff for four, four years before that, you know, just doing part-time worship leading. Uh, well, mainly full-time worship leading, but, you know, I started off slow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been here for a long time, and, um, well, oh, the question was, how, how did I get, get into here? this position? Yeah. Well, I, even before I started coming to Goodwill, I was involved in worship at a young age involved in musical worship at a young age. Um, my first church that I attended when I was a kid, um, which is the same church that Kenny Fanning came from, um, a lot of people kind of came from there. And my wife, that's how I know my wife, okay. was. we kind of grew up together in that church. Well, and a lot of people don't know you and Kenny Fanning are not just co-workers. Yeah, we're co-cousins. You are. <laughs> we're, yeah. We're, we're like distant cousins through uh -huh. like, like grandma and, and yeah, so kind of family, kind of blood, you know, kind of, yeah. You just don't want to admit it or yeah. is it <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, yeah so you so. come from this other church and, and what were you were in music? You said over there. Yeah. So okay. I, I come from a musical family. So my dad, um, led worship. My dad was multi-instrumentalist, you know, he just picked stuff up and, wow. and, you know, he played in a wedding band for years Oh, cool. when he was younger and even, even my mom's side, is very musical family. Um, um, so, you know, I come from a, a musical family where, 
you know, when, when I was born and my dad, you know, we were, they were settled in the family and stuff. My dad, you know, gave his life to the Lord and started, you know, leading worship in church, helping out with VBS, stuff like that. And my sister sings and she, she leads worship here in Mon- uh, Montgomery as well. Mm-hmm. She's helped out at, at the other locations as well. So it was like my dad, my sister, and then it was like, what, what's Jeff going to play me growing up? And, uh, I just, everybody needs a drummer. Yeah. I just, <laughs> my dad played drums. And so there okay. was drums in the, in the garage. Nice. And I was like, one day I just, I, I asked him like, Hey, can we take him out? And he was so excited. And you know, he, I remember just asking him like, dad, show me a new beat today. You know, he'd just be like, should do this and bah, da, 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 you know? And so that's how I started. That, that was kind of my, my foot into that, that whole world and music. Um, so I was playing drums in our old church for years. And, it, and this is the funny part is that we, you know, growing up, our church had already made that turn like out of singing um, four or five hymns a week. Yeah. And it moved to singing one hymn a week in like a, a special blended service. Oh, okay. So I don't have a great memory anyways. My wife always teases me about it. But I do remember that was one of the things was my dad led worship every week, mm-hmm. you know, we did like three or four songs and then there was one hymn that was played and, and in, in the middle of the service. So I, I grew up in a church where we were making that turn. And so we weren't ready to just drop a drum kit in the middle of the church and let me go nuts on it. <laughs> so my dad, very, you know, smartly with a lot of wisdom, um, had me playing percussion first. Okay. And so I was playing cajones before they were cool. Hey. Right. So before there was a like a snare in the cajon, I was literally sitting on just a box. You need to explain what the cajon no is because people oh, not I'm everybody sorry. knows what yeah. it's called. A, a cajon is that thing that you see um, sometimes on worship team. Uh, they'll be sitting on it. Looks just like a box. Yeah. It's got a hole in the back. It's it's you can get like a lot of cool uh, you know drum sounds out of it. And so I that's how I started in, in worship was playing the cajon before it was cool because it's cool now. It wasn't cool then. I didn't like it, you know, as a kid, a teenager, I'm like, I want the, you know, drums, but, you know, so following, you know, my dad's leading on that. And then eventually we got a drum set and, um, you know, so that's, that, that was my, you know, so I've, I've, I've been a part of worship teams and, and worship leading for most of my life. Okay. Um, so it, it led here. When did you transition to playing the guitar and singing? Cause you didn't sing in the beginning, right? Yeah. Was that like something? Yeah. Singing was kind of the last thing do, I right? picked up on. Yeah. My sister forced me, you know. <laughs> I, she taught me how to do a lot of things. I learned a lot from her singing uh, harmonies and stuff and, and that kind of thing. I remember, I think one of the reasons why I wanted to play guitar branch out to other instruments is like living with a drummer is really hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Like You wanted to be able to make sure you got married one day. You'd be marriageable <laughs> and drummers are I not mean, marriageable because it's just, yeah. it takes a, up a full room and is very loud. I was a quiet kid. You know, I'm, I'm introverted. So... I was just a quiet kid, kept to myself, except for I would quietly go downstairs, put my headphones on, and then just start wailing on the drums. <laughs> and no warning, nothing. And so, you know, I, 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 I have three older sisters, so that wasn't quite popular all the time. So I remember just like being so into music, and I just wanted to do music all the time. And so I remember just, again, asking my dad, What's, how do you do a chord? And, and he showed me a couple basic chords. And... I started playing a little bit more and it just evolved. All right. So, so you've been here. So, all right. Now, now we get into some of the meaty stuff because you brought it up. 
Jeff, you brought it up. Did I? Hymns. Hymns. <laughs> yeah. All right. I have. I mean, so let's let's talk a little bit about kind of some of the philosophy of worship type stuff. You know, why we do it, we do the way that we do it. Um, we know because I think we've all been asked at one time or another, why don't we do more hymns at Goodwill Church? So I'm just going to go ahead and ask the director of worship arts. You finally get a chance because it's hard when you get asked this, like when you're walking from place to place and there's like, why don't we do more hymns? I, I, I just, I'm really, I really need a drink. I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so now we have time. We can sit here. Um, we do some hymns from time to time, mm-hmm. but they're not the main thing we do. The main thing we do is right. much more what maybe folks would hear on the radio. Right. So tell us your approach to hymns, why we don't do more hymns, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, we, you know, we 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 are in a church, and our worship program since I came on has been pretty much full contemporary. Okay, so it's been happening before me. Yes. Um, I'm just the young one who got pegged as that guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's important, though. Like, you didn't important. come in and change the change way we do it. I, you didn't get rid of the hymns. I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't inflict change like that, even if I wanted to. Um, yeah, you know, we've been that church for a long time where it was it was contemporary. We had, you know, full bands. You know, there's stories of when we were next door at the Lindsay Pullman Chapel before, you know, the, the main building was built. And not only were the pews packed with people, but the stage <laughs> yeah. was the platform, excuse me. The platform was packed with people. Wow. There was three guitar players up there, you know, probably playing the same thing. You had a, a, a piano player, a keyboard player, four or five singers, and then the, the worship leader. I mean, we just... And, a lot of people. And all the people who showed up late... Who had to go sit up front? Like, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. three or four left seats. I know they got blown away, man. When Matt and I first started coming, like maybe a few months after we had started coming, we realized that that's what happened. Yeah. And so then we were, like felt bad, so we would give up our seats and like go sit up there, so that the poor pe- new people like didn't yeah. have to oh, like so oh we're sitting up we're like part of the choir. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so you know we've always uh, done you know hymns uh, mixed throughout even that time, and so I was involved you know in that era of goodwill Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, all those musicians up there and, and, um, you know, we, we, we never lost, you know, the art that hymns are, you know, we never wanted to throw it out. Um, so that's why when we do bring them back, it's usually, it's usually the, the main, you know, the hard hitters, the heavy hitters, you know, come now founts, those kind of songs that just will never, We'll never leave those, I don't think. Sure. And they, they've lasted that long, not because they're hymns, but because they're great worship songs. Mm. You know? Um, yeah. Well, I, I always struggle with, like, when people, we should only sing hymns. Well, why? Like, what what made mm. music written at that particular period in time, like, in the 1700s? Like, why is that the epitome of the way to worship God musically? I don't... I mean, they're good. There's a lot of great ones. I grew up singing... Hymns. Yeah. I pro- I did grow up in a church that we only sang hymns until I was probably in middle school ish, high school, when we would do like three worship choruses, not even full mm, worship right. songs. And so, you know, I rem- I love hymns, and you know, I, mm-hmm. some, every once in a while you'll be singing one. I'm like, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, you got to oh, sing it right. Help me out through I'll the years. Like, <laughs> like, how is the phrasing like, on this one go? <laughs> I'd bring in a hymn and I'd have like a little 
contemporary twist to it. Just really just the instruments, yeah. just the instruments would yeah. be. The singing is the same. Yeah, the, 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 I like to keep the melody the same. And um, <laughs> so many times I would bring in a song and be like, we're going to do this great hymn and it's going to be a, a nice little twist to it. And we'd be practicing it and just just like, yeah, you're singing that line wrong. It's like, please help me. <laughs> like, <laughs> we do like yeah. sing it over and over and over again yeah, to just, like get it yeah, right. Just, that's how. Because it's not always natural how. Yeah, that's how I learn. I, I, how they're I'm, phrased. I'm that kind of person who needs to like just listen to something over and over yeah. or read something over and over. Well, and, you know? and the way that uh, hymn melody structures are built are very different right. than how today's contemporary worship music melody structures are. The melody structures of today's worship music are a lot closer to the pop music of today, which is totally fine. I mean, listen, one of the things that people need to remember is we've always been doing popular contemporary music. Right. I mean, Martin Luther, when he was writing some of his hymns, was literally taking songs that would be sung in the bar and changing the lyrics and making them Christian yeah. songs. Um, so it'd be like taking, um, you know, whatever the big pop star is today. I don't even I don't even know. I'm kind of out of the loop. But whatever the big pop star Justin is today <laughs> and changing the lyrics. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. To a Justin Bieber song, making them a Christian song. And then singing them what, in church. And singing yeah. them in church is what Martin Luther's yeah. doing. The copyright so, laws were way different back then. <laughs> there was no such thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think you'd that, lose that lawsuit that, today. You know, that's a really cool thing because as the church and as, you know, evangelists, we need to be in that side of the world to reach people. And so it's, you know, worship music is, is, you know, I feel like it follows the trends of pop music, you know, mm. that's kind of what you said before. Um, it's just what, what we're into, you know, they call it pop music because it's popular. Right. It's mm. relatable. It's, it's very relatable and it's, it's simple. And, and, you know, so, at, you know, as a church, I think, We've adopted that, and I think that's a that's a good outreach. Well, it's also you know it's the it's the cultural language of our day, right? You know, I mean, it, it's it's the equivalent. Listen, I love reading sometimes the Old King James Version of the Bible. It's beautiful. It, it's there's a language to it that's. I mean, you read the 1611 King James, it it feels like you're entering another world. There's something powerful about it. Um, there's a reason we don't use that in worship. Because it, it isn't. A lot of people don't, we don't speak that way. We don't think that way. When you read the King James, if you're not used to it, if you've been reading the NIV or the ESV your whole life, you go to the King James, you read slow because you're just trying to follow exactly what's right. going on. What, what's he talking about? Yeah, I feel like it's nice to hear hymns from time to time, but most of us didn't grow up in the church. And that's, that's another shift that's happened. Mm -hmm. For many, many generations, people just grew up going to church. That's not the case anymore. And so going to church is already foreign. If the music you're hearing is also feels really foreign, that's just one more barrier that's in the way of somebody being able to really engage in the right. worshiping community. Yeah, or feel comfortable. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I want to stick with songs for a second mm -hmm. because there have been some controversies in the air, kind of in just kind of broader Christian um, culture around song selection. Um, you know, there have been a couple popular songs maybe that people expected that we would just start singing that we didn't start singing. Um, right. When it comes to song selection, what, how do you do that? How do you know what song you want to introduce into the life of the church? Well, it's funny because I'm not a big radio listener. So okay. it's not like I'm, you know, listening to Sound of Life and just, you know, just kind of picking through. I, I, I don't really listen to, like... When I want to listen to music, it's like I want to pick something that I want to listen to. Right. It's always been that way. Like ever since I was a kid, and I, I had like the first generation iPod. It was like the most amazing <laughs> thing. Oh, I put dude. my music on it because I wanted to listen to my music. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. You, you so, didn't have the disc man. 
Nope. I, I, yeah, I, I used the oh, Walkman. Oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah. Walkman the, was the, like no, the headphones that went cassettes. behind the ears. The Walkman was cassette. The Discman was the thing that you tried to fit into your back pocket, but it didn't really fit back there, and it was always <laughs> in danger of falling out and ruining everything. Uh, yeah. All right, so first-generation iPod. I'll give it to you. Yeah, the one with the scroll wheel. <laughs> yeah, that dude. I think the click wheel was not actually the first. Oh, I think you had the I don't generation. Quite remember. I think you had the fifth, fifth generation one. I don't, anyway. Yeah, I had something. We I'm have old. to turn to our yeah, our resident <laughs> senior <laughs> over <old> here. Person. <laughs> Whoa, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, iPods. Uh, yeah, we're talking about song selection. Um, and so I wasn't really a big radio listener. So I, don't, I just, I, I stay up to date with um, some some bigger church production of worship music, you know, some of them that we know and some that are involved in these controversies that you're talking about. And um, I, I gear towards live worship music because they're, they're predominantly de- designed for um, a live congregation. And so that attracts me because that's what, that's what we have I'm, here, I'm trying right? to do. Yeah, so I stay up to date with those. And, you know, we have a great network of, as I was saying before, you know, we're one church in, in, in several locations with several worship leaders. Right. And so I keep, you know, an eye on what they're doing. We, we, we speak from time to time. Sometimes we'll send each other a song. Hey, check this one out. You know, Jess has sent me many songs over the years. Check this one out. And I get many no's. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you or I don't. get many not yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we have a great network. I have a great network of people around me who um, kind of show me show me stuff and it's it's really appreciated so I would say that's a big part of the song selection it's it's through the community that we have and okay. and we just kind of bring each other stuff well and I know there was one song um, that it started to show up in one of our branches and then controversy around this song blew up and uh, we actually had a bit of a text thread going, and it mm-hmm. was the worship leaders at the different locations. Um, but And because I was the one that wanted to highlight the controversy, I was involved in this. And we had a long conversation about this one particular song, about whether or not we were going to introduce <laughs> yeah. it in other places. And it didn't get introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a theological kind of boundary for us. So when you're thinking oh, yeah. through yeah, kind of, you know, does this song fit Goodwill? What are some of those, you know, you've got... It's got to be good for live worship, absolutely, because mm-hmm. some songs are better to just listen to than to try and sing along. Right. Um, but when you think about the theology, what are some of the things you're looking for? I mean, it's uh, scripture-based is the key to it all, and um, usually songs that elevate Christ um, and not ourselves, you know, not like... You'll see a lot of eyes in songs, so like, I love you, Lord... Um, and it's not that I try to stay away from the eyes, but it's not about us. It's not about us, but it's also like we are singing it. So it's not like it's, it's, it's wrong or anything, but you know, we're using this avenue of music to praise God. So in lifting him up, you know, sometimes there'll be a lot of we's, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we sing hallelujah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Those are really powerful because when you get a room full of believers singing a truth, it's powerful. Absolutely. And, um, you know, so a song that's scripture-based is obviously uh, really important. Um, it's, it's, it's the most important thing when it comes to song selection. But there's also, you know, the colorful language that we've had conversations about, where yeah. it's like, we are creative people. God has created us to be creative. So music is one of those avenues. Um, 
in, in writing lyrics, you know, like, you know, the script, the scriptures are full of, you know, like gazing upon God's beauty and his creation, sunset and, and nature and, and stuff like that. So we sometimes, you know, that would be imagery, right, Marcos? Yeah. It's like, yeah, absolutely. you're showing, um, you're highlighting things of nature and it's kind of relating to our relationship with God or something right, like that. Right. And so, um, I'm, the, the kind of imagery stuff, it can't be imagery saturated because then it starts to be like, what the heck is this song even about? <laughs> right. Well, those you are can like insert the, amb- anything the ambigu- you want. ambiguous right. songs that are like, is this a pop song? Right. Or like, I know as I was watching a TV show recently and it was a Christian song and I knew it because it was a Christian. Like I knew that it was a Christian song, but the way that it was being used in the show had nothing to do with God yeah. and didn't need to have anything to yeah. do with God. Like what the part of the song that they picked Fit, yeah. the, fit the the movie perfectly, so I, I appreciate that we don't really sing songs like like that. They're fine and they have right. their place and they're great sure. for listening to. You know, like in the car or on the radio or mm-hmm. you know, like when it's you and God. But yeah, you know, even, they're not for corporate worship. Yeah, or even we'll have a song that like sometimes I'll a song will come to me and and God will you know I, I believe the Holy Spirit will bring a song to my attention and like say the the chorus is just dynamite i'm like i can see goodwill church just digging into the song the chorus is awesome very congregational and then it's like the verse might be a little bit more difficult melodically or rhythmically or something and then the bridge is like ah the bridge is weak like the lyrics are weak and then i struggle with man but that chorus i feel like people are really going to dig into that you know and so i've introduced songs that are like are like that where it's like there's one thing in the song that is just Mm. awesome and it could be the verses might be a little bit, you know, more on the imagery side or ambiguous side, um, but there's got to be like that something that can can nam- um, nail the song down, you know, with scripture and with um, yeah. with Christ or something, you know. And so, so we have some songs that are like that, and we usually, you know, before pre-COVID, you know, our worship service looked different, and so we had an offering song spot, and yeah. those were perfect for that. You know, because it would start with, usually the congregation would be sitting down for the first half of the song, and so it's more reflective, and you know, it's, and so th- those were a good time to do those songs. It wasn't like an opener, or it wasn't a you know a closing song or something. So, you know, we had some flexibility of where we could put a song like that in our service, pre-COVID. It'll come back. <laughs> what what the offering Subject. song? I'm saying like the, oh, the, oh, yes. the, the setup, yeah. like what yeah. what we're used to. Yep. We'll come back. So I have the notebook that I use for when we podcast when I'm jotting notes down um, is the same notebook that I used when we did the worship leader development program like 10 years ago. And so I had some notes on worship from then. And uh, I had written this down and I thought it was good that worship is the outpouring of our hearts in response to a realization of who God is. So I feel like that's really when you're picking music, it's like what we're, we're showing somebody or we're showing the congregation, like something about God. And when they're really, like you said, like they can really dig into it. It's, you know, they're really going to like, they're going to connect with the song. They're going to connect with the lyrics and that is going to bring worship. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, like in, enhance their, yeah. their view of God and their understanding of God. Well, I mean, a lot of, you know, like, you know, before the printing press, all this stuff, a lot of times songs, uh, something was translated through song so people would remember it. Yeah, it was a teaching tool. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it's so funny how that works because I've been in this weird phase of my life where I like looking for old music that I used to listen to. Mm. And the fact that it just comes back like so quick. 
Like I, and, uh, and, you know, secular music that I used to listen to when I was playing drums in my basement. And, you know, it's just so funny how, how I can just be right back into that song and feel like I've never left mm. it or I've never stopped listening to it. And so that's one of the hopes with worship music is that we want that to stick for people. They stick for us. Yeah. So it could be, you know, 10 years down the line, you can listen to, I don't know, Good Good Father or something and be like, I remember when, you know, it, it can bring you right back to the place of mm. corporate worship, Yeah. of a, a body of believers coming together with one common goal, you know, worshiping our God. And then, and then it, you know, just music has the power to do that because God gave it that power. Right. Absolutely. And, and you know, one of the things that's interesting about worship music in the corporate setting is it, it does two things. And I think in the reformed camp that we live in, we focus on the first, we don't focus so much on the second. Um, the first thing it does is it teaches and we're all about, you know, worship music teaches it get the, the lyrics get stuck in your head. They, you know, all music teaches if it's lyrical, there's a message being taught to right. you. It's whether you're embracing the message or rejecting the message. Right. Um, but the second thing it does, and I think maybe in the reform world, we shy away from this, but a good will we don't. And it took me a second to get there is it helps us respond to God. It doesn't just teach us information about him, but it helps us to respond to what we've seen either revealed in the word or even revealed in in simply the call to worship. It's it's our response. Yeah. And and I think that we get so caught up in well everything we sing teaches. It does, but it also has to aid us in our response in yeah. the relationship we have with the Lord. Yeah, a good friend of mine, you know, I I've had many mentors over the years and um a, fr- a friend of mine who who goes to New Paltz now, he's an elder, I believe. Derek Hoffman, is he still an elder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's still there, yeah. Elder Derek. Uh, I remember, <laughs> you know, we'd have a lot of conversations, and one time he was just, he brought to my attention, he was like, listen, man, in corporate worship, he was like, we need to sing to God, but we also need times in a song or at the end of a song where it's time to listen now mm. because we're having a dialogue, we're having, um, you know, so it's not all about just us, like, God, you're great, you're great, you're great, great. You know, it's like, be quiet for a minute and listen. So, yeah. you know, it could be maybe a, an extended instrumental that is quiet. It's like, sometimes you feel that awkward, like, what are we doing? where are we going? <laughs> it's like, just listen mm. or just rest, mm. you know? And, and he, he pointed that out to me, and uh, I still think about that. That's really good. I mean, I think one of the things that's happened with, with the way Christian music is on the radio is um, when we divorce it from the worship service, well, now it's just a song, right? It's on its own. It, it stands on its own. And that's not bad. But within a worship service, the songs don't stand on their own. You know, you, you're not just... Because uh, we've had these conversations, Jeff. And, and Jess, I know you're doing the same thing if you're ever picking music. You're not picking music just randomly. But you're trying to wed it into the service mm-hmm. based on the theme of the sermon, based on where we're going. And worship services themselves have a structure, right? There is a there's a call to worship. And there's the, the, the excitement of being in God's presence. There's a... Um, baked in sometimes it's not explicit but there is a sense of confession of sin where we come to the lord with our weakness and he meets us with his strength and with his grace Mm -hmm. all of those things are built in um and so worship services have a natural flow so there is a sense in which you can't listen to this song on its own in the worship service it's part of this larger whole but we atomize and we think oh well that's just this song on its no but it, it had a function in this particular worship service that it may not have in the next worship service when mm-hmm. you hear it, 
that there's there's an important part to worship building that yep. you're involved in. Yep. Um, last question I have for you, and then I don't know, Jess, if you have more, but we're heading towards the end of our time. Wait, if you're going to ask a question, I wanted to jump in before. Because oh, well, what you were just talking about in that, like, musical worship is a part of worship, of the whole service, and you can't just not participate in that, Yeah. people. Whoa. You yeah. can't just stand. Whoa. Yeah. It's like you. God calls mm-hmm. you. He calls you to it's pray. He calls yeah. you to read the Bible. He calls you to, um, you know, to hear the word preached, and He calls you to sing, and worship Him. It's it, and you, yeah. you know, like really, if and I'll say, Goodwill Church, you're great singers. Sing louder mm-hmm. and sing more, please. Yeah. We love to hear you. And honestly, but but don't just stand there with your arms crossed. And if right. you if you are doing that in rebellion. It's disobedience, like, dude. Why? Just, just, like, up. just, just like dig into that a little bit deeper and start like, why do I feel like I can be in this rebellion I mean, and, think, and not singing? Worship Psalm one hundred. Psalm one hundred is I kind of like one of those psalms that everybody loves, right? I opened worship with this this past weekend because um, we were doing a service that was a lot heavy on on worshiping God. That was one of the central things we were talking about. And when you read the beginning of um, Psalm 100, the very first thing out of God's mouth in this psalm is a command. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Command. Enter his gates, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Command. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. These are all commands. And, you know, I, I think there is something where we have to be... It doesn't have to be your favorite song. It doesn't have to be the song that you were hoping you were going to hear in that moment. You are commanded to worship, and that's the whole of it. Just like you are commanded to to be openly listening to the sermon and following along and trying to understand and apply. You're to be you're be praying whatever the person is praying for. You are praying along with that person in agreement, and you are actively participating in this. I don't care if you can sing or not. Oh, it has nothing make to do with a it. joyful noise to the Lord is a command, yep. and we're called to do. And that. listen, we've all been there where you don't feel like singing today. You know, life is tough, man. So, and I've been there as a worship leader. I'm like, I don't want to do this today. <laughs> yeah, this is not. I'm not in the mood. You know, right. it's, but but it's not. But something happens in doing it mm-hmm. that you're like, yeah, okay. There's a this trust, is what I needed. You, know, you you give, you know, you show that you're, you know participating and the Holy Spirit, you know, finishes the job. Well, and it's together and it's a together thing like this. I I appreciate sometimes I see people, you know, um, because in, in a couple of our branches, we, we can see the congregation while we're doing corporate worship together and we're singing together. And I appreciate that some people want to take that time to pray and you can see them just kind of praying through it. But it's like, but that's not what we're doing. Like this is a corporate activity now. We will corporately pray, but right now we're corporately praising in mm-hmm. song. And and it is a, a sense of we're in this together. Be in this with us. Dive in. And yeah. and listen, man, if it was up to me, like, sure, I grew up on the hymns. I love contemporary worship music, but I would be very happy with like a, a small symphony orchestra set where we just <laughs> sing hymns every week. I'd be thrilled on it. Let's go. That's not who we are as a church. I'm good with that, but it would be it would be sinful of me to refuse to enter into worship because the style isn't my style. 
Like yep. that, that would be wickedness. And we got to be like, I know that's strong language, yeah. but I mean yeah. it to be it's like, I feel a little judgmental, but still, like it has to be, it has to be mentioned. It does. That like, just where, where are you at and why are you comfortable being there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it points us to, you know, one of these worship verses that we look at a lot. Um, Romans 12, verse one. Um, we've heard it before. I, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And a part of that is presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice. Our breath is a part of our body. Mm. We sing. Mm-hmm. Um, how many times in the Bible has you know, God asked for a choir to go out before the army? Oh, yeah. And change battle, you know? It's very powerful stuff, and God uses it. He made music for this purpose, you know? And um, it it is, I mean, just that, I would just, um, you know, ask of you, the listener out there who might have a hard time connecting in worship, just give a little bit and see if the Holy Spirit will um, meet you there, because that's what happened to me. I mean, I've, I've, like I said, I've been in um, this worship world for a long time, but I, I, I do have a specific memory of being at another church and um, in corporate worship and just feeling like undone. And I remember the song. I'll never forget the song. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have those moments, and, and not every worship service do you have those moments. You know, it's not the... What do they say? Not the hilltop experience. Yeah, but it's faithfulness, and mm-hmm. so we have to, um, you know, we have to we have to bring that sacrifice of praise Amen. every day. Not not just in in music. You know? Right. Yeah, no, that's good. So listen, we we are coming up on that time, um, but you know, Goodwill Church. I, I hope you're hearing that, and I hope you're encouraged because we do take this very seriously. And all of our worship coordinators in the other uh, branches, not just at the Montgomery branch, where our director of worship is the main worship leader. But in all of our branches, excellence in worship really matters to us. We're trying. We don't get it right every single time, but we're we're moving in that direction. We're people. We mess it up. Um, (laughs) But we're grateful to everybody who has been serving. We do have a handful of really good worship leaders here at Goodwill Church, which Mm -hmm. has been really fun to to see develop and grow. Um, We encourage you to dive in. And, you know, right now, you know, we're coming in. It's the end of October. Um, we're still trying to work through all the craziness of COVID restrictions and all that. But one day we will have full worship teams again. And if you want to be a part of worship, Jeff DeMatty's your guy. Talk to him. We'll figure out an audition. We'll get you through it. The audition's and, uh, not scary. Don't be afraid of that yeah, word. Yeah, audition's a scary it's word. It's really it's just scary. like a little hangout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeff yeah, Jess will be there. And, Jess yeah. is always there, usually with me, mm-hmm. helping out. Because mm-hmm. we make Jess do everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being with us today. Goodwill Church is great. Thank you, Jeff, for being with us today. Great job on the podcast, sir. And uh, we will see everybody next week for our next episode of Goodwill Talk. Thanks for listening. We hope that this episode encouraged you. To listen to more episodes or to give us that five-star rating, check us out at iTunes or Google Play. You can also listen on the Goodwill Church app. And for more information about Goodwill Church, visit us at goodwillchurch.org. See you again next time here at Goodwill Talk.